what do you think about when I say Google? It's complicated, right? That's why we brought Jack in. He's our expert and he's going to give us the rundown. That's what's up next. Whether it was, you know, in-person conversations between Ryan and dealers on his road trip or phone calls with our clients, a lot of people have been asking about Google Ads. So we brought Jack in, our resident expert, to see or to help us understand how Google Ads can help your business. Jack, you're the best man. Oh, truly. This is great. This is off to a good start. Let's just kind of keep, <laughs> Jack, this... keep it rolling. We're just yeah. going to compliment Jack for 30 minutes straight. Yeah, I like yeah. it. We can do that. Like Jack, I remember when we first we first met. I think the interview was basically like, "We need help. Can you help?" Uh, and I think you were pretty candid and said, "No, nah, I don't know," uh, but we hired you anyway, and I think you've done really well. Yeah, yeah. Now there, there's definitely uh, we definitely had a gap in our our PPC offerings, and um, we've certainly grown that, and it's been pretty easy to do. Um, now it's been been blown up quite a bit and we've figured out a lot of ways to make it incredibly useful for everybody and um and pretty scalable too to get more and more clients on board and selling online and um you know i think that's obviously the kind of point of this conversation too is ryan you've been hearing how much google shopping has been important in this past year when i started a few years ago it really wasn't um it was kind of like a nice to have if you had a little bit extra money to throw at it you'd you'd get that business but ultimately um, folks would do their research online, figure out what they want to buy. And then that last step was punch in bike shop near me. And that's really what we were going after was that bike shop near me search. We still are in a sense, but Google shopping, especially since the pandemic started has been huge. Um, and that sounds like what you've been hearing. Yeah. it's what I've been hearing and, and, and kind of adding to that, what did it used to be? I mean, it used to be that just the biggest dealers were doing it. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of dealerships just thought it was for those other guys and, and that's just not it anymore. Uh, and so, yeah, when I was, when I was traveling recently, you know, it, it was, it was not only, you know, the people who are currently doing it, really acknowledging what is it doing for my business and how, you know, people are finding, you know, what I've got from all over the place. Um, but for the retailers who weren't using it, it was, hey, tell me about Google Ads because it's it's now like really clear that that's how I'm going to market my business moving forward. Um, and I was glad to hear that because, I mean, you know, when, you know, over the last couple of years, it was really, a, you know, okay, what are Google Ads and really laying that foundation and now, you know, there's a higher awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Um... You know, you, you touch on it being such a, you know, it's only for the big retailers. It's still the landscape. It's mostly, um, you know, backcountry and competitive cyclists and REI that obviously have budgets to do that. But even just in the past month or so, you know, really our approach has always been uh, own your lo- own local market, right? Um, I always use an example. I know that there's two bike shops within a few miles of me. And anytime I search, since they're not running Google Shopping, I'm getting all these national retailers. And obviously I know that they're there, but my neighbors don't, you know, so there's this whole awareness piece to it. So we really focused on local, but, um, given the whole inventory situation right now, uh, we've been testing out running national campaigns, which a few years ago would have just been a waste of money, um, because you don't have that brand recognition and they're working like gangbusters. I mean, we're getting all sorts of better return on ad spend on some national campaigns for, you know, small little shops, um, that are suddenly showing up. If you've got the product right now, then we want you to show up for it 
And, uh, you know, you just know how those search results are just filled with so much stuff, especially when you're searching for a product. You got Google Shopping, you got videos reviewing it. You're probably showing up organically, uh, but it's way down on the page and people are looking at it on their phone. So it's unlikely they're going to see it. Mm -hmm. And Susie, you saw that with a lot of the clients you've worked with over the years is that you know, you you don't have to necessarily, despite what Jack said, there's opportunities nationally. The average shop doesn't have to compete nationally, but if you geo-target, like you can be super competitive with anybody who's trying to sell in your market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, yeah, like we talked about, it doesn't have to be national. It can be regional. regional. It can be even like, you know, you're in this little hub in, I live in Fort Collins, maybe you're in your Fort Collins, but especially right now where people are trying to search for products, maybe extending that out even to just like a 50 mile radius, see what happens, you know, give it a try. I think that's the other great thing. It's like, this is all, you can experiment. There's no, there's nothing set in stone. You can expand that. You can change your um, ad spend and as you go and see who you're attracting and then kind of check it out from there. Yeah. You can walk in, walk out whenever you want. I, I, I like that we're kind of talking about the, the, the challenge of the moment in terms of like how much demand there is in relation to supply. But I also think it's really important for us to step out of that. And we have to be looking kind of long-term strategy and, and uh, you know, we, you know, when I got into the business, you know, I was at the bike rack in Omaha, Nebraska, and that was the dealership you went to, to get things, you know, you, and you got everything there. And your only out-of-market competitor was like the Nash Bar catalog. But moving forward, I mean, retail is going to be broken down into where did a customer buy a product and, and how did they get it? You know, insert pickup, home delivery. But they're buying from the brands direct. They're buying from local competitors. But there's local bike shops who are marketing across all markets. There's nationwide e-commerce sellers. And so it's... It, it, it's, I, I suppose if I'm a if I'm a bike shop owner, I would call it maybe regrettable that all of a sudden I have to change in order to be competitive to even keep my market share stable, let alone grow it. Um, but I mean that's why this is so important: is that the sales funnel starts at search today and, and certainly mm-hmm. moving forward. And I think that's a really good point too. It's it's about so much more than the products. I think now is a really good time that people are to, to invest in like who you are and why people should buy from you. You know, I think like workplace culture is becoming more and more important. So this, these can serve so many different purposes, whether it's distinguishing you from your other local bike shop to distinguishing you from, you know, a big box store or maybe a, a, a shop national retailer that people perceive as being more convenient um, to even like attracting talent. I think there's a lot of uses out there for this. So. Yeah. Or service departments. I mean, you exactly. can't argue that that service is going to be a part of, you know, it's, it's essential to bike shop profitability. And so yeah. early on, just for the benefit of our audience, you know, we started off talking about Google shopping, which is largely a consumer searching for a very specific product, you know, brand X saddle. And these ads show up as like the, the kind of product cards or, or pictures with price and, uh, at the top of a Google search. So that's really a, a great way to connect with, re- with consumers who are ready to buy a specific thing. And then, uh, Jack, with what Susie was just talking about with, you know, uh, brand building, uh, there's a couple of different avenues for that or 
or promoting your service department, what are the other Google ad types that a shop might want to look at? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of more touching on what we're, you know, like I was saying, pre-pandemic, our real focus was on those search and display ads. So, you know, obviously we, we have quite a lot of data to show. Most people are searching for bike shops pretty frequently, you know, similarly used search terms, but then there is still that uniqueness from shop to shop. So with the search ads, you know, just, they look like your regular Google search results, a blue link and some text. Um, that's where we kind of have that ability to, you know, push a little bit of that messaging of what makes them different, what makes them a little bit more unique. And then kind of same thing with the display ads, uh, which are your digital billboards, so to speak, showing up when you're browsing elsewhere on the web where we're targeting folks that are likely going to need something from a bike shop in the near future uh, based off of some of Google's creepy information that they have access to. Um, (laughs) And so then, yeah, we can really, really push that focus of the brand between those search and display ads. And then, you know, obviously the shopping ads are way more product focused, but also just knowing, you know, we, the, the best performing clients are the ones that are doing some sort of all three because people don't always, it's not just one and done, especially with buying a bike. That's a long, a long journey that it takes to make that decision and finally get what you want. Um, so making sure that we're showing up at each step of the way, each one of those serves a really different purpose. So the shopping ads are really focused on driving revenue because that's kind of the end of the journey. They've figured out what they want. They're searching for the specific make and model that they're looking for, whatever it is. And they're ready to hand their money over to somebody. So yeah, we want to be there then, but we want to be there earlier on too, to you know kind of capture those just general searches of uh, people looking for that bike shop or maybe some more high level categories or even following up after the purchase with services and fittings and um, all that good stuff. With repair, like the, like we talk, you know, search kind of fits in this. I, I think search is the most accessible of the ads. And that's like, like, like Jack said, that's the, it looks like an organic or, or normal Google listing. It just has a little, you know, it's, it's a green tag next to it, isn't it? Yeah. It might be, might be black now, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's labeled as an ad, so yes. nobody's getting tricked here. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's the most accessible. Uh, but it's also it's not exclusively kind of middle of the funnel. And since somebody's searching for a broad category, like hey, I think I'm interested in an electric bike or a mountain bike. But like with service, you know, there's a sense of urgency there. Like there's there's it's, service isn't always discretionary. Like my derailleur broke. I've got a flat tire. And so it's really about how seamless can you make it? I mean, the number of times a shop has told me that like the consumers walked in and said, Oh, I didn't even know there's a bike shop here. And the shop owner's like, I've been here for 20 years and I've got a big red sign out there. How did you not know I was here? But that's just the reality. Not everybody else is looking, you know, knows where all the bike shops are. So the, the shop that makes it easiest to be found and, and really answer the customer's question without them having to pick up the phone or sometimes even click through to the website it is known. This shop has what I need. You know, here it is listed in Google, what their hours are. I'm on it. Um, so it's, it's a lot of ways to use that tool. Yeah. And you hit a good point there too, about, uh, they might not even need to go to the website. Um, which for me is like, okay, well, I'd like to get the clicks cause then that's good metrics to share and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's been a recent phenomenon in the past I don't know. It's been growing. The way that Google is working and the way that people interact with it is that they're calling uh, zero click searches. And that's really a lot of like what Google My Business does of 
are they open right now? What's the address? Uh, can I give them a phone call? And you don't actually have to go through to the website. Um, so you can achieve that a lot with, with these ads too, because, okay, yeah, they got fitting. I can see that. And I know where that shop is and I'll go, go visit them. Um, because we have this ability to show a lot more text in those versus you don't have as much control over the free organic search results. Um, and then, yeah, kind of talking about that Google, my business, we all see that when you're, shop you know loads and has some photos and hours and address and whatnot um that's something that's been incredibly useful this past year google's been putting a lot of effort into that to make that you know is it appointment only are there masks required and all that um they allow you to temporarily close businesses um so then you know there's there's all these interactions that kind of take away from the you know the marketer the seo guys metrics but you, you got to meet your customers where they're going and to be able to easily, you know, get that information out through either that free tool, Google my business or through ads. It's incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. So earlier, Jack mentioned um, display ads as being kind of that digital billboard. How, how is, how are most bike shops going to use that? So a few different ways um, you can do some really nice evergreen content. Maybe it is around a nice photo of one of your mechanics working on a bike and it's fast, reliable service. Again, just kind of really awareness focused. And then you just change those out seasonally is a really good option or um, a point in time promotion. So maybe you do have a back to school promotion. It doesn't have to be necessarily sale oriented, but that's what we've done a lot in the past. Um, I don't know when there's going to be a sale again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a minute. Yeah, but um, those work really well. Get in front of new customers. Again, really awareness focused. Um, it's something really. It can make a really nice impact, you know, graphically. Um, but they can also be really simple. You don't have to do have something overly designed. It can just be a really great lifestyle image and some copy. Um, I know Jack's really great at kind of generating a a few different options and then Google will choose what's performing best. And that's, it's fun. Yeah. And another piece of that too, is the, the remarketing piece. So end up on the website and then look at a product and then that product follows you around on the web. Right. So um, we actually made a big update to how we're doing that currently with our clients. And um, that's been really useful. It ends up being a really small audience compared to, you know, hey, I want to target anybody that's interested in cycling in this 40-mile radius. That ends up being a little bit of a larger audience versus how many people actually have been on your website in the last 30 days. But it's a super qualified audience, right? That's somebody that came to your site, spent some time on it, maybe looked at a product page. So then we can kind of follow them around with, with those products as well. And yeah. again, usually with those, we have some more kind of evergreen copy because it's hard to connect if they're looking at a helmet or looking at a bike. There's going to be different copy for each one of those, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've all experienced those in different ways. I think that's another really good note. Like we are all consumers. We all use the internet. Kind of take note of what you're being shown, what you like, what you don't like. I think that's a really good indication of maybe what your audience will like. Um, I am in the market for a new harness for my dog. And so I went to the Roughware website and it's, I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're the only one on this yeah. call who watches the audience. Yeah. I'm watching some right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, I had a sidebar, but I'll keep that to myself for now. Um, 
But not only am I getting some really cool display ads of their beautiful dogs like out in nature, but I am getting um, YouTube ads as well. And I've let a few play through and... I don't know. I'm inspired. I was thinking a green harness, but now I'm thinking orange. I think Clementine will look great in orange. Yeah, she deserves some flair. Yeah, those YouTube ads are really – and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the hardest part about YouTube ads is just getting an asset created, and YouTube's and Google's working on ways to make that a little bit easier. Um, they've kind of got this beta studio thing that exists, but they work a lot the same way as display ads. You know, you, you went to the website, and now it's showing you um, some YouTube ads. So they're – they're really useful and, and the display stuff super cheap because uh, somebody's doing something else, right? You're waiting to watch a video, you're reading an article. We just kind of, just like a billboard, we're not going to, you don't expect you to drop everything you're doing to come back. Um, we'd be happy if you did, but it's ultimately impressions and this whole thing is pay per click. And if they don't click, it doesn't cost us anything. So it's a, it's a great and cheap way to, to get your brand out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of, uh, kind of putting, kind of putting a bow on this for our, our listeners. Um, you know, I said earlier that you know, we've got kind of the problems of the moment, but we have to balance those with looking, you know, into the long term. Well, over the last year, I mean, we we did see retailers really scale back marketing. If, if you're looking at kind of the aggregate, um, uh, but we have really seen going into the summer as retailers have seen the market change, so they they know there's opportunities out there and they're taking them. But Susie and I were just looking yesterday at some of the like the, the channel inventory numbers. And regardless of what each individual shop might be seeing for bikes in stock and whatnot, if you look at the channel as a whole, inventory numbers are starting to build. So we're reaching that transition point. You're also seeing really big changes happen in the market. Uh, you, know, you know, the most notable ones are direct-owned retail or, you know, uh, you know, as of this recording yesterday, it was announced that Pawn uh, purchased Mike's bikes. So you're seeing these big strategic shifts happen. So there will be, um, I would expect, some instincts amongst shop owners to, at the end of this season, or as things start to slow, is to is take a breath. And I get that. But don't take a breath until March and then start figuring out what are you going to do to be competitive next year. Mm-hmm. It's time to start looking now and setting the stage for success next year because this is going to be a very dynamic market coming out of what we've just been through. And, of course, we're really vested in independent bike shops being very competitive uh, and and I, I think this is a key component of that. That that brings up a good thought there too of, you know, not wait until March. If if you want to be, you know, if you want to take that break and you want to start selling bikes in a month, if you want to start selling more in a month, start the ads now. Um, you know, I have that conversation a lot with clients where there's that worry of I turn it on and they're just immediately going to get flooded with traffic. <laughs> um, that would be pretty cool, but it never works that way. Uh, there's a lot of inputs that we're giving Google and it takes them it, the, the first week and a half, Google calls it its learning phase. So, um, it takes a good couple weeks for, uh, your ads to find their footing. So if you're, if you're looking for business in a month, then, then let's start now kind of thing. Yeah, that leads to another question I had. So, you know, whether you're in this kind of time or maybe you don't have a lot of industry um, inventory <laughs> or maybe you have a tight budget or you're trying to conserve some budget because you're going to have some big orders landing soon in your store. What can you be doing right now that are either free or um, really low cost to set you up for a success? Yeah. So we've been talking about Google shopping for a lot. Um in April of last year, uh, Google opened up uh, Google Shopping for free listings, 
And that has been incredibly helpful. Um, everybody we've turned that on for suddenly sees this huge influx of traffic um, and, and online orders. They still save the, the primo spots for paid ads customers. Uh, so um, that's fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a no brainer, I think, to, to get that up and going. Um, and then, you know, we we're talking about that Google My Business piece too. That's a great tool to, for the kind of brand awareness piece. Like once people know your name and they're searching, you know, searching on Google Maps for bike shop nearby. They click on that and that's that quick little, you know, here's some reviews, here's their hours, here's a little bit of, you know, here's a note from the owner. Um, just keep that thing up to date. It's Google, a lot of Google tools are really difficult to work with. Google My Business is super easy. Um, if there's one thing, they have a great app too. If there's one thing that you're going to do, spend some time on that. Just get familiar with it. Kind of treat it like your social platform, but honestly, you're going to get more visits to that than you are than most of your social posts. So if you're going to invest in one or the other, invest in both, but if you're going to invest in one or another, you can make those posts and make those interactions because again, there's that zero click search of, okay, I can see this shop, they haven't really, you know, they got four reviews and they haven't posted anything and they're only open two days a week. And this other shop, look at that. They're posting things. Here's a new bike day. Here's people having drinks after work. And just, it's a really quick way to show that engagement and show who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always look at the photos too. If I'm trying to like get an idea of a place or um, I am that weirdo who brings, not weirdo. I'm that dedicated pet owner who brings their dog everywhere. So sometimes like sometimes the photos or, or um, a customer comments are the best places to find some of that information. Like, is this establishment dog friendly? Is it cat friendly? Yeah. Is it child friendly? I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a handful of other Google tools um, that there's Google does a lot of stuff. Um, and, uh, I just want to make clear too, that just cause it has Google in front of the name doesn't mean that it's a requirement for you to have. Um, I think Google, my business is certainly a requirement. Uh, Google shopping is, uh, very useful. Uh, the, the program that you need to work with to get that set up is called Google merchant center. And then there's a few other things that completely unrelated, but are just maybe useful uh, as, you know, kind of watching some of the analytics of it. So Google Analytics um, and Google Search Console are both pretty useful to kind of understand how people are finding your site and interacting with your site. Um, And then uh, there's a program called Google Tag Manager that pops up from time to time. Um, I know Google's been making some mentions about that recently in some of their marketing. That one's really for advanced marketing needs um really nobody should ever have to need to use google tag manager and if you do just give me a call and i'll give you a pep talk um (laughs) but those those last three analytics search console tag manager google doesn't care if you have them um they're useful free tools to get access to how your site's performing um and uh and there's a lot of stuff on the internet to help you try to decipher all the nonsense that are in those but google my business Google Shopping, Google Merchant Center. Um, and then, yeah, to really turn it up to 11, get down to Google Ads, and uh, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do there. Yeah. Yeah, so this was this was great. I think, um, I think Jack's really illustrated that not only is he really knowledgeable, Jack is the best person to talk to about this. He makes it really approachable and understandable. Um, 
I asked Jack questions like just for our smart channels needs or when I was working with clients. Um, so anytime we'll link some resources down below, reach out to Jack, reach out to us and, and we'll help, uh, give you some advice, whether it's, you know, some free solutions, or if you want to get into ads, um, even just locally, or you're ready to expand into something new, just reach out and we're here for you. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks everybody. Thank you.